our stomachs, uh, so I'm not going to go long uh, this evening. Uh, but I just we're going to do a little bit of a topical uh, survey through Scripture uh, on on our speech, on the mouth, and what the Bible has to say about this. Uh, when I first did this, uh, I was actually a youth pastor out in Washington State, and I uh, did a whole series of you uh, went through each body part primary body part and things like that, your hands, your feet, your mouth, and I came up with a lesson. Uh, and one of them, I didn't think you'd want to see the pictures that I have in the PowerPoint, so I chose not to do that one tonight, and that was the feet. Um, there are some pretty nasty pictures of feet that I had on there. But, um, but uh, when it comes to our mouth, it's interesting that uh, there is a, John, uh, a man by the name of John Mashita Jr. was listed in, in the Guinness World Records for a time uh, he was listed there as the world's fastest speaker. He was able to talk at 586 words per minute. Boy, would a message be done really fast if you could do that. Uh, he has since been surpassed by Steve Woodmore at a rate of 637 words per minute. Um, I wonder if my daughter speaks that fast sometimes, but um, uh, that is a fast way of speaking. Dr. Lorraine Brzezendine, clinical professor of psychiatry at the University of California, San Francisco, states in the female brain that a woman uses about 20,000 words per day while a man uses about 7,000. Although I've heard a few men speak pretty quick and a lot. Uh, This book has made quite a splash since its publication. Its word count claim is one of the most striking facts supporting her argument that the female brain is a lean, mean communicating machine. The 20,000 versus 7,000 numbers have been cited in reviews all over the world, uh, from the New York Times to the Mumbai Mirror. In 2000, an individual published a book called Why Men Don't Listen and Women Can't Read Maps, which attributes to women Six to 8,000 words, while men get two to, two to 4,000 words. They also offer daily count for, this book also offers daily counts for women's and men's vocal sounds and facial expressions, head movements, other body language signals, but don't provide a source for any of those counts. In 2004, a CNN interview said that women can speak 20,000 to 24,000 words a day versus a man's top end of seven to 10,000. Why do I use those silly illustrations? It doesn't really matter how many words you speak a minute. The fact is we use our mouth a lot. Okay? Um, and so I just want to go through, and really the, the big idea that I've got for the... Uh, so hopefully this will work. There we go. Our speech needs to joyfully magnify Christ. I just took what we have behind us and just said, you know, very simplistic. Um, but really it's more of a teaching time tonight, not necessarily uh, a preaching time. But we need to make sure that our speech is magnifying Christ and, and who we're talking with. And so I came up with three tests. These aren't, these, again, these are just how I, I looked at it. I decided to take approach. Okay, we're going to have three tests to see how our, our mouth is. And the first test that we put it up against is that the Christian must radiate glorifying speech. Does our speech glorify God? And to make things simple for us tonight, I actually have all the scripture up in the PowerPoint uh, for us this evening. But first of all, with this, there's, there's an aspect that we need to have bold speech. If we're going to glorify God with our speech, we need to be bold with our speech. So what are some verses of Scripture that help us understand this? First of all, Ephesians 6.19 says, 
And pray on my behalf that utterance may be given to me in the opening of my mouth to make known the boldness, with boldness, the mystery of the gospel. In proclaiming the gospel, we need to make sure that we are willing to speak with boldness. In a world that simply does not want to hear it, we shouldn't refrain, as I, I believe it was in my sermon last week, I, I referenced this concept of we need to be bold with the gospel. We need to be bold with the gospel. Also, in our, in our, uh, as we think about being bold with our speech, 1 Peter 3.15 says, But sanctify Christ as Lord in your hearts, always being ready to make a defense to everyone who asks you to give an account for the hope that is in you, yet with gentleness and reverence. You say, well, the word bold's not in there. Well, we've got to have some bold speech if you're going to defend. If there's a level of defense, a level of uh, defending what, what the hope that is in you, of what God has given to you, there's a level of boldness that you're going to have to have potentially. People are going to question you. They're going to, they're, they're going to come after what you believe. And when it comes to God's word, are, are you able to, are you boldly speaking or are you speaking in, in fear and you're kind of wavering in, in how you're speaking with those individuals? Also, we see that there's righteous speech. Well, I missed the point, but at least we, we've got the next verse. Uh, Psalm, Psalm 19.14 says, all is really this idea that all speech must be acceptable in God's sight. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Asking God all the time, Lord, may I, what I say today, may the words that come out of my mouth today be acceptable in your sight. Um, it's not always easy. To, to have words that are acceptable in God's sight. Uh, and it might not be the actual words themselves. I, I, it could be the content and, and everything on how you are saying those words. Um, but we need to make sure that all of our speech is acceptable in God's sight. Again, these verses are not, some of these are not new to us, uh, but I think it's just a, a nice, healthy reminder uh, with as much as we speak, to, to make sure that we are speaking in a way that, that does radiate uh, God's glory. Psalm 39, verse 1 says, I said, I will guard my ways that I may not sin with my tongue. I will guard my mouth as with a muzzle while the wicked are in my presence. We need to be willing to bridle our mouths and not respond without thinking. How many of you have ever responded without thinking? <laughs> I got a few hands in the back. Uh, you know, if we're not careful, when, when certain things, especially when we're getting pushed and prodded, maybe it is in this verse speaking directly of the wicked, but maybe it's uh, for all of you uh, children in here, you know, I don't know if you've ever had a sibling just constantly poking you, right? I'm sure you've never had that happen. And you just feel like turning around and just yelling at them, and I'm sure you've never yelled at them, ever. I know I never yelled at my siblings. Never. I was a perfect child. But are you guarding your mouth? Are you guarding uh, that? Psalm 71, verse 15. My mouth shall tell of your righteousness and of your salvation all day long, for I do not know the sum of them. Do you just talk about God's righteousness? Does God's righteousness just flow from your mouth? 
You know, when, we, when it comes to how we speak and we're seeking to have righteous speech, we need to make sure that we have this commitment. Proverbs 2.6 discusses the concept of righteous living comes from wise speech. For the Lord gives wisdom from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. If we're going to live right, the Lord is the one that gives us wisdom. The Lord is uh, the one that allows us to have, from his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. Proverbs 8, 7 through 8. For my mouth will utter truth, and wickedness is an abomination to my lips. All the utterances of my mouth are in righteousness. There is nothing crooked or perverted in them. Is that the testimony of your speech? Do you have righteous speech this evening? And then also we see then also humble and edifying speech. Proverbs 27, 2 says, Let another praise you and not your own mouth, a stranger and not your own lips. Oh, man. Have you ever been around that person who just always has a tendency to talk about themselves? There's an individual I was talking to, actually, I think it was an individual in men's basketball. He pulled me aside and he was having struggles with some of his friends and they didn't want to be around him anymore. And, and through hearing him, there were certain things that I, I asked him. I was like, so who dominates the conversation when you guys are together? He's like, well, I guess it, find it sometimes it's me. I'm like, well, maybe that's a problem. It's like, I don't know all the situation, but maybe you should stop talking and just listen to them. Whether what you're saying is wrong or not, just stop talking. You know, we need to make sure that we're not always talking about ourselves. One individual told me in trying to, in helping me learn how to build relationships, said, when you introduce yourself to people, when you get to know people, ask them questions about them. Because all of us like to hear about ourselves. We all like hearing about ourselves. And so, what a wonderful truth for us to think about that. We need to let another man praise us, another woman, another person praise us and not our own, our own lips. Ephesians 4.29, a verse that's familiar to maybe many of us in the room. Let no unwholesome word proceed from your mouth, but only such a word as is good for edification according to the need of the moment, so that it will give grace to those who hear. Is your speech edifying? You know, raising three kids, you definitely hear unedifying speech. I don't know if Owen really has any unedifying speech yet. If it is, it's just because he's mimicking his sisters. But there, if we're not careful, we can have this speech that, that is not edifying. And again, I'm not going deep into any of these because I don't have time. In fact, I don't even know if I'm going to finish all of what I have in my notes. But James 3.10, and if you're in Phil's class, I know he did a wonderful job expositing the book of James. But in verse 10 it says, From the same mouth come both blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not to be this way. Words need to match the way we're living. They shouldn't be, you say you're living righteous, your words need to match that. And your words need to match that. And then there's praising speech. 
Psalm 34.1, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Psalm 51.15, O Lord, open my lips that my mouth may declare your praise. Psalm 63, verse 5, My soul is satisfied as with marrow and fatness, and my mouth offers praises with joyful lips. Psalm 66, 17, I cried to him with my mouth, and he was extolled with my tongue. If you're taking notes, I know I'm going through these fast. I can give you the PowerPoint afterwards. But Psalm 71, verse 8, My mouth is filled with your praise and with your glory all day long. Is your mouth, is your speech filled with just praising God? Do you just, does it just roll off? Is it easy for you to just take time to praise God? And there's a few more here, but I'm going to skip through them. The second test that we have is more on the negative. The Christian must eliminate corrupting speech. Must eliminate corrupting speech. First of all, uh, one area of corrupting speech that I, I, I mention here is hypocritical speech. Psalm 55, 21. His speech was smoother than butter, but his heart was war. His words were softer than oil, that they were drawn swords. I love the imagery of God's word. There's no way I would ever describe speech as smooth butter and, and words that are softer than oil, but yet the contrast. I'm just imagining myself putting nice smooth butter on my bread in the morning, but yet being angry while I'm doing it and then it's not working and all of a sudden I just chop the bread up all of a sudden, right? I don't know if that's even, I don't even know where my mind's going with that. I'm giving you insight into my weird brain. But is our speech, are, 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 are you a smooth talker? You're trying to antagonize, you're smooth with your speech. It's not really who you are. It's not really, you're trying to, you're saying one thing and really being another. It's hypocritical. What about Psalm 62.4? They have counseled only to thrust him down from his high position. They delight in falsehood. They bless with their mouth, but inwardly they curse. Oh man, lying? Oh. Why do we have to bring that one up? Dishonesty? We need to be honest with our speech. There's also then perverse speech. Again, we could have verse upon verse on a lot of these uh, specifically. But perverse speech, we have Proverbs 4.24, put away from you a deceitful mouth and put devious speech far from you. Our speech should not be deceitful and scheming. We shouldn't speak in a way to manipulate people. Proverbs 6.12 really talks about the idea of... Whoops. Proverbs 6.12 talks about the idea of the worthless and wicked that speak perverse or sinful words. It says, A worthless person, a wicked man, is the one who walks with a perverse mouth. So it describes... A perverse mouth is describing a worthless, wicked person. I've already read Ephesians 4.29, but again it hits this idea that our mouth should not be speaking unwholesome things. Colossians 3.8 talks about putting off filthy communication. It says, but now you also put them all aside, anger, wrath, malice, slander, and abusive speech from your mouth. 
Are you abusive with what you say? Titus 1, 10 through 12. For there are many rebellious men, empty talkers and deceivers, especially those of the circumcision, who must be silenced because they are upsetting whole families, teaching things they should not teach for the sake of sordid gain. One of themselves, a prophet of their own, said, Cretans are always liars, evil beasts, lazy gluttons. Again, this idea of empty and deceitful talk. Empty and deceitful talk. Are, are signs of a rebellious heart, a rebellious person. Someone who does not want God, who does not want to glorify God. And then James 3.10, I've already mentioned, so our speech needs to be consistent. And then the third test, the Christian must evaluate the source of speech. Evaluate the source of speech. What do I mean by this? Well, Matthew 15 Verse 16 says, Jesus said, Are you still lacking in understanding also? Do you not understand that everything that goes into the mouth passes into the stomach and is eliminated? But the things that proceed out of the mouth come from the heart, and those defile the man. For out of the heart come evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witness, slanders. If we're going to have righteous speech, we need to evaluate our hearts. If we're going to have glorifying speech, we need to evaluate our hearts. Our heart, from the out of the heart, the mouth speaks. Well, I didn't mean it. Uh, yeah, you did. I was just joking. Uh, really? And then Romans 8 I'm sorry, Romans 10, 8 through 10. But what does it say? The word is near you, in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we are preaching. That if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart a person believes, resulting in righteousness, and with the mouth he confesses, resulting in salvation. But what is it that we see the, desire, the source desires Christ? If we're going to have the right speech, it is Christ. It's the word of faith. We could go to other passages. When I think of our speech, I think that's the 